Hi, this is Tony Lloyd. Interviewing people for many years has made me realize that everyone has a life story to tell. Be they sad, amazing, or even inspirational, I want to bring as many human stories to you as I can in this series of podcasts. Human Stories with Tony Lloyd. Today I'm talking to Lara, who has um, quite a... I would say a traumatic story, wouldn't you, Laura, to, to tell us? Apparently, your uh, previous partner or a previous partner of yours uh, took his life, which is um, very traumatic and um, a sad occurrence. Um, what Do you want to give us his name, So we, we, or should we just call him a partner? Um, his name's Steve. Steve, OK. Well, thanks very much for talking to us about this. Um, I know that... Um, people taking their life or committing suicide is uh, in in the news constantly at the moment, it would seem, and all sorts of uh, advice being imparted to the public. Um, can you tell us um, a little bit of the back history about what happened to Steve, and did you notice anything was wrong? Yeah, we um, first and foremost, um, he got himself first-class honours degree and was finding it difficult to get work. Um, <clears throat> we decided to go travelling, so we went travelling, and when we came back, unfortunately for him, as soon as we hit the tarmac, I'd been offered a new job. And I think that really knocked him for six, because obviously I'm not degree educated. So I got a job, and he still was out of work. Um, and, and, then the, and then the decline happened, so you could see that he was becoming more and more withdrawn, not wishing to socialise with people. Um, and so forth. So we had the conversation. We sat down and had that conversation. Would you How say that at that point he was depressed? Oh, that's a difficult one. Um, for someone that's never experienced depression, I, I'm going to say yes, but I, I've not ever had it firsthand. Oh. It was just little things that maybe um, we take for granted and brush off, and that is we'd go out for the day with friends, very good friends, and halfway through the day, I'd say, I want to go home. And I'd say to my friends, we need to go home. We need to go home now. And they'd go, oh, we'll be all right. Yeah. Um, and he obviously wasn't. <laughs> no. Um, apart from, from those um, instances, was, did he, uh, he change his um, demeanour? Or, or you know, did he notice anything else about him that um, people could you know, maybe learn from and pick up Relate on? Relate to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not wanting to eat, not wanting to get up, um, uh, not wanting to socialise with people. So uh, as someone that was very much at the forefront of socialising, all of a sudden, um, it was difficult even to get him out of the bedroom. Right. So that's when I said, let's seek help. Yeah, let's, let's get the doctor involved okay. and let's, let's see where we go from here. And what did you do? You went to see your GP and what happened? Well, the GP didn't, didn't diagnose him with depression. What he did was he put him with a counsellor once a week where he went along, um, spent a couple of hours there, um, <clears throat> and uh, he could say anything he wanted to without anybody else judging him. Um, yeah. Whether that was working, I do not know. We never got to the situation when we sat down and found out if that worked. And how long did that uh, go on for, the, the um, Oh, that was... Well, we came back from travelling in February, and he didn't take his life until the beginning of June. So what we got, February, March, April, May, about 12 weeks. 
listening to Human Stories with me, Tony Lloyd, and I'm talking to Lara, whose partner Steve took his own life. Was he prescribed any medication or anything like that to help him? No, no, he wasn't. I mean, we're going back to the 90s now. I don't know if it's different. Mm. And I think that we are more uh, aware of um, mental health and depression these days. It seems to be very much in the papers and so forth as a buzzword. But no, no, no medication... But I made, I, I don't know if I did right or wrong, I made it my responsibility to let others around him, say his nearest and dearest family, family and friends, to know how he was feeling, because yeah. he couldn't communicate this. Okay. And did they do anything? Um, I think it's a bit like death, isn't it? When, when someone dies in the family, people don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, and it's poignant to say at this point, um, towards the end, uh, Steve and I had a conversation where he started to hear voices in his head. So he was saying he could hear people talking to him in his head. Mm. And that's when I took him back to the doctors. Right. And what happened then? What did the doctors say about the voices? They took it, it, unfortunately, he took his life before the doctors could do anything about oh. it. Oh, dear. And uh, can you, can you um, tell us how he took his life? Yeah, I can. Um, it, it's a very strange one. So um, for people that may be experiencing this, the point I want to get across is, is that we had had a conversation about how he felt and he was saying, I want to jump off Beachy Head. I want to defend my life. Mm. Um, and all of a sudden he took an upward turn. So you thought he was getting better. So I came in from work. The house was clean, he'd cooked a meal, he'd made me flowers. And here am I, in the back of my mind, thinking, well, this is working. No, it wasn't. It was him prepping to take his own life. So he sort of made his mind up at that point. And, um, he'd made and... his mind up. He'd done all the housework. Um, and, and he'd, he'd done all the housework. He'd cooked, done the flowers and so forth, walked the dog. Um, I went off to work. When I came back, he wasn't there. And when I had um, friends and family said, look, you know, he's not here. I'm starting to worry now. They said, oh, don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. He'll, he'll be all right. He's gone to sort himself out. And uh, The next day I phoned the police about six o'clock in the morning because he still hadn't come home. Um, call it six cents, I don't know. I knew there was something up at that point. I phoned the police. Um, and I feel awful for saying this, but the police did say to me, um, someone had jumped off Beachy Head. So I thought, here we go, it's him. And to this day, I feel awful because it was a 15-year-old boy that had done it. Mm. Um, and my first reaction was, oh, thank God it wasn't Steve. Mm. Which is an awful thing, isn't it, really? Yeah. Um, but then, uh, within the hour, they were around. Um, and what he'd actually done uh, is taken um, my car, taken it to the highest point in Sussex, which is Ditchman Hill, and um, taken the hoof tube. And attach it to the hose pipe. Uh, sorry, the hose pipe to the exhaust yeah. through the window. Now he his his degree was in analytical chemistry and toxicology. So, so he knew it, what he was doing. Was, <laughs> he knew what he was doing. He knew he'd taken overdose and, and other things. But this is probably the you just fall asleep and never wake up. Yeah. Yeah. So the police were there at six o'clock in the morning, and then I had to go and tell his parents, which mm. was the most heart-wrenching thing I've ever had to do. I bet. Yeah. Gosh. So, 
Okay, <clears throat> what advice would you give to people listening to this who might notice their partner behaving strangely or talking about taking a life? Or what, would, what advice could you give to people? Well, I think the, first, the most important thing is, is to spot certain signs. So, like I said, it wasn't until he started to me, in my mind, be getting better. He'd already made that decision he was going to take his life, so be wary of that. That's the first thing. Um, and secondly, I think we need to talk about it more because, um, like I say, it, it's something that we, we're uncomfortable talking and discussing. Mm. Therefore, when I try to ask for support from family and friends, as much as I love them all, I didn't feel that I got it. Yeah? Right. Even afterwards, after he passed away, it was... People didn't want to talk about it. Right. No. Yeah, and I think that you need to talk about it um, just purely because afterwards obviously you, my mind was racing thinking it's my fault um, maybe I didn't pick up the signs I shouldn't have let, left the car keys there you know I shouldn't have left the hoover, the hoover hoover hose you know all these things that are totally irrational yeah so you felt yeah. guilty about the situation yeah and, and the other thing is is to this day he never left a note he just went and did it so there is some people that leave a note to explain it, but it, it, I think the message I want to get across is if you're contemplating suicide, seek help, talk to your family, because the devastation that you leave behind is indescribable. Yeah. To hear his father at the morgue um, sob his heart out is yeah. like, yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. So people need, and that is what I'm talking about it really, so not it? I know it's really difficult for you. Thank you. <coughs> I appreciate it. I, th <coughs> I think I'm winning up as well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and this is, this is, we're talking about this is 23 years ago. Yeah. And this is, it still <coughs> affects me in this way. And when I hear about other people and other People similar ages to me losing their husbands doing the same sort of thing. It just been crikey because it's, it's a bit like anything, isn't it? Because it's um, it's happened to me. I suppose you pick up on it when other when it happens to others, mm. and it is quite prolific. And it is with men mm. predominantly, and it is something that we need. You know, we're talking at the moment in the UK about um, mental health. Talking to people yeah. with mental mental health yeah sure god's sake just do it yeah. just, you know take take a minute out of your day you've got one life and that poor man who was 27 when he took his life you just think i look at now all of us that all around the same age at that time we've all gone on to have children grandchildren mm -hmm. successful businesses um all dispersed all over you know we're not all in the uk anymore and everyone's moved people in america people in so many stories to be told and he's never he never got the opportunity to do that no okay and how about yourself i mean it was obviously devastating to you at the time and how you know did you manage to get some help or did you um you know you probably never recover from something like that um i never got any help i wasn't offered help at the time i think that'd be different now um i would say the difficulties that I face afterwards 
was the pure guilt. I thought it might have been my fault. Mm. Um, Which it definitely wasn't. Yeah, but it's taken 20 years to realise that. <laughs> um, then it's... His parents were lovely. They still are. I still keep in contact, Christmas cards. And on the event of his death, we we um, we do something special together. But it... it I think from my point of view, things that I found difficult were me being guilt-ridden, it was my fault, me not picking up the signs, it's all about me now, me, me, me. I, I, why didn't he send us, why didn't he give us a suicide note? Why didn't he tell me how he felt and he was going to take his life? All of these things. And then if you take it a step forward from that, you've then got to rebuild your life. So when is it acceptable to start dating again? I know that sounds weird, but it, it, when is it acceptable? Because two years later, and I was more than ready for a relationship again, I wanted, you know, I wanted a companion in my life. I, so but, sort of put your, your life on hold, basically. Yeah, because I'm thinking, what is his parents going to think if I meet somebody mm, else? Mm. What are his close friends going to think? I mean, the other thing was, my brother, who was his best friend, his first child was born on the same day that Steve died. Oh, wow. So that to him is a really bittersweet pill. So it has a ripple effect as well. Mm. So he's had that. So it's it's meant to be a joyous time. He said it was it was both the happiest and saddest time of his life. Yeah. And it has this effect on others. I mean, you ask about me, but it's others as well. And his father and his mother saying, no, you don't expect to bury your children before you. So it is. It's all these other things that come afterwards and the, the complete mess of yeah. it afterwards. Devastation. You just think, what do I do and when can I do it? Laura, thanks so much for talking to me on Human Stories. And uh, as you said earlier, hopefully what you've been talking about will help other people, uh, possibly in similar situations. So uh, once again, thank you so much. Human Stories is a free podcast with no fees paid to contributors in the hope that they'll somehow inspire and help other people. Get in touch if you've got a story to tell. If you or your organisation would like a professional podcast series to get your message across, contact me to chat about the very reasonable costs involved. Human Stories with Tony Lloyd.